Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Sam McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And it's our show. We are joined again by Michael and Becky, who today are going to talk to us about investment anxiety and the techniques that you can use to conquer it. Now, we mentioned in the previous Case Study Sunday episode that you guys specialize in helping people get over anxiety, but I don't think we actually said what your business is called. So for anybody listening, just remind us what that is. Yeah, nice and easy to remember. It's anxiety specialists. Well, here we go. And how did you get into it? Yeah, so I, I studied clinical psychology at um, Victoria University. Then my first job was actually with the Phobic Trust of New Zealand. They're now Anxiety NZ, but they, they had to close down in Wellington in less than a year of, of um, starting there. And I had all these had all these clients who I was seeing and didn't want to drop them. And so started up our own practice. Awesome. He basically came home. He said, oh, so great news, being made redundant, I'm starting a business. <laughs> I love that positive attitude, which is obviously great yeah. for your patients. I've been looking forward to starting a business for ages. So. Mm, awesome. Well, that's, uh, sometimes that's all you need to get that push in the uh, direction. So what sort of anxiety do investors tend to get? Yeah, well, I mean, I would think it's typically around similar to what you were experiencing, Becky, with like, is, is this all going to go tits up? Am I going to lose all my money? Am I going to be able to afford the payments? Those kinds of things. And also the social side of things of, if I get this wrong, am I going to look stupid in front of my family, my friends, like I've made a bad call? Yeah, it's really interesting. The number of investors that I work with and, you know, they'll be running a scenario past their aunt or their uncle or their friend who may not have any experience in investing, but they're running it past someone and they're very nervous, like you say, about getting it wrong and seeming stupid. Because, you know, we read these articles about so-and-so got ripped off because they thought the credit card company called them and asked them to buy some Apple cards. And you think, oh, I'd never do something stupid like that. But it's, you know, people make mistakes, right? And we don't want to be seen to be stupid. So, Becky, take me back to when you got that half a million dollar increase in build costs with that one. What are the symptoms of that anxiety? What does it look like? To start with, I just shut down. I was in shock. I couldn't think straight. I was just so stressed. Just felt awful. Felt really sick to the stomach. It was just that drop of, oh, no. Like, what are we going to do? Sense of doom. Like, everything was going to go wrong. And lots of negative predictions. The most is, like, that okay, this has happened, but what if something even worse happens? What if this is just the start of it? What if there's going to be another half a million dollars on top of this and that we could never cope with that, that sort of thing? And Michael, you're seeing Becky go through this. Now, you've got the benefit of being a clinical practitioner, but what's that like as a partner? There's that empathy factor where it's like, ah, oh, Becky's going through this really hard thing, really difficult emotions, these, these tough predictions, but then also kind of countering those myself because it's easy to latch onto those and be like, oh, what if she's right about that? And they're like, oh, no, I don't think it is. But then also a third thing being like, oh, no, is my awesome investment going to like not work out? Is she going to be like, no, we're stopping it now. Mm. <laughs> and so you guys mentioned before that you'd use some techniques to work your way through this. What are some of the things you did, Michael? Yeah, so one of the big ones that we did is cognitive challenging so that's where you you take the cognition the thought and then you work your way through a system to be able to challenge that get a more balanced perspective on it because how anxiety works right is that it's an overestimation of threat okay so with any emotion 
you've got a prediction about what the future is going to hold, and then you've got physiology changing to help you with it, right? So with, let's say that you're predicting a threat, some danger, you get adrenaline, cortisol coursing through your veins, getting your muscles all ready for, for flight, for running away, then I would call that like a threat response, right? If there's actually something right there, there's a, there's a bus just about to run you down, right? It's energy to be able to dive roll out of the way. But anxiety, as I would define it, is when we, we make a mistake, an error with that. We overestimate the threat. And so we think that there's danger that's going to happen, but it's not actually as likely as we think, or, or there isn't, that danger isn't going to occur at all. Like there isn't a danger. We might think that there's a shark and there isn't, right? And so, so the cognitive challenge helps get you through. It brings in your, your prefrontal cortex because the anxiety starts off in the midbrain with the amygdala. And then you're able to think it through more rationally and actually it does this cool process neurologically where it releases these neurochemicals called beta blockers, which actually calm the anxiety down. Okay, so that's the technical side. Becky, I'm going to come to you. What does that look like in practice when it comes to property investment? Well, for me, it looks like turning to Michael and going, what do you do with your clients? Because I need to do that right now. Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk through this. So you spoke before about being literally on the floor, crippled with anxiety. So how do you get from that to happy, smiley people that you are today? Now, that is probably a me being special thing because usually people can't just go, I want to be this type of person who does this and gets up off the bathroom floor. Yes. Well, it's, but, it's also special for you because people don't often go on the floor. But yeah, yeah I, get, I get more, I'm more severe, but then I can, I get out turn of it, it around. turn yeah. it out of it. But when it's, when it's like, I'm really worried at the moment, Han, about the money side of things. What it looks practically to me is if I'm thinking about this late at night, it's writing it down so that I'm not like thinking over and over and over it. Yeah, so that's another technique that we call worry scheduling, where you rather than let the worry go round and round, giving you a sleepless night or burning through your day, you're writing that down and you're scheduling it in with your brain till later. Because if you say, no, we're not thinking about this, then often the brain will be like, but we need to, we need to think about this, otherwise we're gonna lose all this money. And so if you go, we will think about it, but later, then you can convince the brain. The brain will be like, okay, we are gonna come back to it? Yes, okay, okay, we could do that, right? Yeah. And then you can put it aside, you can get to sleep, that kind of Which thing. Which is interesting because I feel like you can extend that sleep test you often talk about, yes. Andrew. That actually, if you've got these skills, then you can sleep on things that potentially, you know, by doing this work, things that you weren't able to sleep on before. So there's that side of things. And then it's going through, working through that cognitive challenge, coming up with what's the scary prediction. And then and then all the pieces that Michael walks me through usually to be able to think it through, to get a more rational idea of what it looks like. And that it's in itself will bring it down. But the other thing that I do is actually just by living through it, you see, oh, okay, a month's gone by, the development started, and everything hasn't fallen to pieces. Okay, maybe it's not as Dire. drastic as I thought. Mm. Yeah. And each stage, it's like, okay, I can see physical houses now. They're probably going to get finished, whereas initially <laughs> I was really terrified they wouldn't. We'd just have an empty lot and lots of hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. So that helps as well. Isn't it interesting that, so you, you said before you're using Mike Friday, who's built hundreds of houses in Wellington and you've seen hundreds of them but automatically yeah. our brain is wired to worry about the loss and worry think more about the worst case scenario than the best case scenario can you tell yeah. us a bit about that yeah sure so like you say there's there's that kind of instinctual wiring so to speak where we're going to be overweighting 
stress, right? Because the <laughs> I like to think that the the midbrain has a motto, right? Better safe than dead. Yes. <laughs> so it's going all right. If if I if I get this wrong about the threat, right, we die. Because right? uh, it always ends up leading back there. It's like we run out of money and die. Um, <laughs> and so it's going. Whereas, whereas if it's right, sure, I have more money, but like that's not as threatening as the threat. And so it kind of leans on that side of yeah. things, which is where it can be really useful to pull in that other side and, and ask questions like, well, what happens if we don't do this, right? Like, is there anything that we want in the future or that goes wrong in the future if we, if we don't? Because mm. the brain often assumes that not doing anything is safe. a safe option. That's but, the safe thing. Yeah, mm. but then there's an outcome of that, which is not having what you want later on. Yeah. So yeah. the first technique we've talked about is cognitive challenging. And to me, that sounds like getting some data and working through issues logically, which <laughs> I, I kind of like the sound of. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, often it's quite useful with a partner. The second technique we've talked about is worry scheduling, where we write things down so we can worry about it later, get it out of our heads. You'd also talked, Becky, about kind of looking back at your lived experience, what actually has happened over the last year or month to see, well, do I see that worry actually working out in practice. Are there any other important techniques that investors, property investors really should be thinking about that they could use at home? Well, I think one of the big things with the experience of getting the experience is if you don't, there's something called a safety behavior, which is something that you do to keep yourself safe. Well, you and think is keeping you yourself. think is keeping yourself, <laughs> like worrying at night, staying up late at night. It's like if I didn't think about my property all the time, then something terrible would go wrong. And the problem is if you're not able to pick up on what those are, then what are the things that you do then the anxiety continues because it's like, oh, thank goodness I did that. Otherwise, the bad thing would have happened. And that can undermine all of that experience that you've got. And that's why it's really helpful to pick up on that. Michael's got an incredible nose for finding safety Enough experience of finding them. Yeah, see, seen, yeah. seen enough of them that I'm like, oh, wait, I've had a few people with this. Yep, yeah, yeah, that's what's going on. Yeah. And, and it's obviously a completely normal part of life having anxiety or being nervous about something going wrong and there's nothing wrong with that our brains are wired to protect us from threats but overcoming that nervousness and realizing hey this isn't actually as big a threat as I thought so that you can get ahead obviously quite a big deal and you guys have done a great job with that yeah thanks and I loved I saw a post of you guys on Instagram about someone who delayed by six months because they got nervous and they lost two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and it's like in these sort of investing scenarios, getting on top of your anxiety can can make you a lot of money yeah. <laughs> as well. And you miss out if you don't. And even delays, not even completely avoiding investing, can can get in the way of you making your money and, and getting that passive income. So it's really good to get on top of it. it makes mm. a big difference. That's that downside about about anxiety is is that it restricts life because you're trying to stay safe. Like you said, it's it's normal to have anxiety and it's not like a lot of people think of it as like weakness or, or some some bad part of character. But it's it's very normal as humans to to overestimate threat or, or, or lean on that that threat side. And there are still ways that we can bring that down so it's not restricting our life, stopping us from doing what we want to do. Yes. And Michael, if you were advising a client of yours who was thinking about investing in property, they're getting very nervous about it. Are there any other techniques that you'd suggest that they think through? Yeah, yeah. So one other that um, that would be really useful in this scenario as a as a one to get started on habit be working throughout this process, helping bring that anxiety down. Mm. Um, and that's one 
that's well i use all of them regularly but I especially love this one and it's it's often oversimplified right so it's relaxation okay so people often know oh yeah you should do relaxation right people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah sure and what it actually does it's useful to know this is that as we get more stressed and we have stressful events occur right we have an increase in what's called our adrenal baseline okay so we're then actually sitting at this high level of adrenaline we're ready to go in case we get attacked by hyenas or, or there's a rival band of humans that come to attack us, right? We're all ready to go. We, we've got ready access to more strength, speed. We hear better, all of that, so we can deal with those threats. But that increased baseline means that you're going to feel more nervous. When news comes in, you're going to feel more stressed. The anxiety is higher. In fact, it can go all the way up to panic. And relaxation brings it down because you get the experience of being below your usual baseline right what your brain thinks you need to be at the level of vigilance you need to be at to be safe you go below it and your brain's like oh well that was actually safe to be lower than that i mean i thought i was being too vulnerable to threat there but actually that was safe and so you, you do that each day you do it regularly and your brain will bring down that adrenal baseline mm. and then you're at a more steady base level to be able to go off. And other than going and booking a massage what are some of the ways that you'd recommend that people actually do this in practice? So there's, there's three common ways that people typically do relaxation, because what relaxation is, is it's taking a, a symptom of adrenaline and reversing it, right? And when you do that, it sends a parasympathetic nervous signal to the central nervous system, winding things down, right? So there are, there are hard ways to do this, right? Like your blood pressure goes up with adrenaline, so reduce your blood pressure, go, right? It's like, um... <laughs> So the easy way of doing this would be the three most common. You've got breathing, right? So breathing can be quite shallow. And so there's deep breathing down into the diaphragm. Breathing gets quick with adrenaline. And so we've got slower breathing as a technique. And then the third is with the muscles. We get all tense, coiled, ready to act. And so there's my favorite, which is a progressive muscle relaxation where you go muscle group by muscle group. And generally you tense it first to get an idea of like, okay, that's tense and then relax it down. And by the time you've gone through all 16 major muscle groups, you're feeling fully relaxed. And that only takes about five minutes. So it's easy to convince your brain like, okay, look, it's just five minutes. We can do this. Let's yeah. have a bit of a relax. That's one of the things I like about it is that it's only five minutes. Mm. And if you just, I have a regular time just before in the evening when I'm putting the boys to sleep and I'm like trying to get them to calm down where I do five minutes of breathing just while I'm just trying to get them to settle. And Doing that regularly at just five minutes, it's amazing how that just lowers that because as you're going through this build process, something will pop up, you know, oh no, they broke one of the steps while they were doing the demolition, oh that's going to need to be fixed and oh, now that this is filled with water, will that cost us an extra 10 grand and all this sort of stuff. So that slowly builds up by having that regular, it just, it, it just keeps bringing it down so that you're not feeling really stressed all the time. And the reason why it's only five minutes as yeah. opposed to a like an hour-long massage or something is because relaxation exercises are so efficient. And it's really important to note that we're not talking or suggesting that everybody at home should do anything woo-woo or wishy-washy <laughs> or voodoo. No, we're not pulling out graphs and trying to draw draw uh, lines as if property prices are going up. We're not trying to we're not trying to woo them into existence as much as sometimes we might give it a go. But we're talking about what are some things you can do because we all get emotional. What are some things you can do so that you don't make an emotional decision? You know, this is about making sure that you are able to be rational, so that you are able to be logical. Because we all know that sometimes things get heated. 
we get stressed, we get anxious. And this is not just for people who have anxiety disorders or a medical condition. This is about any investor who goes on that emotional roller coaster that is property investment and how do you actually go about handling it. I'll give you a little story just to demonstrate it because this will be fun for all of us. Andrew and I went to a, to a theme park a couple of weeks ago over in Sydney and we got on this thing that spun you up over and around and we were upside down and we were spinning around and all this stuff. Now, my good friend Andy Nickel here, he was there screaming, oh. Ah, I've had enough now. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is stupid. To be fair, we were quite severely hungover. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, on the other hand, was sitting there. I'd been on this before and seen how this goes. And so I'm there and I'm thinking, you've got to breathe slowly so that you can enjoy it. So I'm sitting there. As we're getting as we're getting hung upside down. Yeah. So useful. So my point is these techniques, simple things, breathing, relaxation, things that you know. You already know these things, people at home, you know, listening to the show. You already know that you should relax and breathe deeply and challenge yourself to think logically and write things down so you get it out of your head. You already know these things are true, but most people aren't doing them. So these work whether you're on a roller coaster of life, a roller coaster literally, or the roller coaster of property investment. Now, just before we wrap up, if somebody is dealing with anxiety and really wants to get some help, you know, what's the best way to get in touch with you guys? Yeah, well, um, either uh, check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash anxiety specialist, or go to anxiety-specialists.com. Oh, I'm going to have to check out the YouTube channel myself. And just to be really clear, these guys aren't on here because they've paid or sponsored or anything. We don't do that on the show. They're on here because they've got some good stuff to say. And they're like you guys, they're listeners of the show. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.